Hi, this is Jessica McCoy with Calvary Christian Center. Thank you so much for listening. We pray that this message encourages and inspires you to be everything God has created you to be. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're glad he knows your name, give him some praise in him. I'm ready to preach. If you're ready for the word, shout, bring it on. Stand across the room. I'm ready. Are you ready? Man, I've been so excited about getting up here to preach. I'm telling you, I'm, just, I'm pregnant with a word, honey. I'm about to give birth today. It might be triplets. Come on. I've just come to tell you, don't let the devil kid you. The devil does not have the final word in your life. Jehovah has the final say. And uh, I just want to really teach something that's been on my spirit. I'm coming from Luke chapter 13, my precious friends, and, and Calvary Campus online. I'm so glad that you're here. We're looking at Luke chapter 13, verse 31. <clears throat> on the, that very day, some Pharisees came, saying to him, who is him? It's Jesus. Get out and depart from here, for Herod wants to kill you. And Jesus said, he said, go tell that fox. Oh, I love Jesus. Y'all, Jesus was so good, but y'all know Jesus was bad too. Can I get a witness? He said, go tell that fox. He said, behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today. I did it today and I'm gonna be doing it tomorrow. And on the third day, I shall be perfected. And then he said, nevertheless, I must journey today, tomorrow, and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet should perish outside of Jerusalem. I want you to note the 32nd verse. He said, go tell that fox. I want to speak to you just for a few minutes along these lines. Talk to the fox. How many of you know it's time to talk to the devil? and tell the devil you can't have my marriage, you can't have my children, you can't have my joy. Are y'all in church today? You can't have my peace, you can't have my next level, you can't have my breakthrough, you can't have my son, you can't have my daughter, you can't have my money, you can't have my joy, you can't have my... Push your neighbor and say, talk to the fox. I'm about to preach. Slip up your hand. Father, release anointing and revelation in this house and in every house where they're watching. We give you praise. Somebody give the Lord the ovation of the day. Come on, give him a shout. Hallelujah. Before you sit down, tell somebody, say, talk to the fox. Talk to the fox. I feel like preaching. Does anybody feel like receiving? It's time for you to speak boldly against the enemy. I believe we are living in a day when it's time to let hell know that God is in charge. These are not the days for knee-knocking, limp-wristed, scaredy-cat, carnal Christians to cower down and run and hide. We don't need defeated church leaders. We don't need church leaders who are afraid and scared of their people or the issues. These are the days to let the redeemed of the Lord say so. These are the days when it's time to put the devil in checkmate and inform him that God is on our side. And if God is for you, baby, who in their right mind can be against you? So I'm ready to preach today. 
we read such a magnificent text here from Luke chapter 13. This story is actually recorded also in Mark chapter 6. And I want to lay a little groundwork, and I want to weave this message into your spirit. I want to weave it into your soul in such a way that when you leave here, you won't be able to forget what God has led us to talk about today. Jesus, in this text, he's in the very last days of his earthly ministries. In just a few short weeks, he's destined to carry his cross to Calvary. He's going to be mangled and massacred and marred and mutilated for men, just like you and me. He's going to die for people. And he's literally now set his face toward Jerusalem. He's on that Jerusalem journey, and the cross is on the horizon. And just before this happens, the Pharisees seemingly intensify their attack upon Jesus. And let me just say this. There's a good chance you're on the right track if you're in a dogfight with the devil. Oh, come on, somebody. There's a good chance that you're heading the right direction if it seems like the devil is fighting harder than he's been fighting because he knows that once you get to your destination, that joker is in trouble. Hallelujah. See, we're in this situation, and we understand that now this morning that we need to talk to the fox because Jesus is on his journey to fulfill his assignment, and he's dealing with a dogfight. He's literally in a fight with the devil. And prior to any significant breakthrough in our lives, oftentimes we will find ourselves in seasons when the pressure intensifies. So the Pharisees come against Jesus. They're being passive-aggressive. That's actually the proper term. They were coming against him in a passive-aggressive way. But my granny would say it like this. They attacked Jesus in what my granny would call a nice, nasty way. How, how many of y'all understand what nice, nasty is? Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. There's no real country people in the house who were raised to understand what nice, nasty is. My granny talked about people and said, you know, they nice, nasty. In other words, have you ever been treated by someone in a nice, nasty way? To your face, they act like they could eat you up, and behind your back, they really do. Well, wave at me if I got real folks in the house. Have you ever hung out with people and you know they were looking at you and smiling, but you know that those teeth were not actually teeth, they were fangs, and in any moment they would bite you if they had a chance? Jesus, <laughs> I know y'all know where I'm coming from. Jesus is dealing with these Pharisees. That's the spirit that they had. They were being passive aggressive. They were being nice, nasty. And see, Jesus, they, they came to him and said, now, now Jesus, you got to get out of town now. We're only telling you this for your own good, man. We got your back. We watching you. We watching out after you, Jesus. We try, we're just doing this for your own good. Do you think Jesus didn't see through their passive, aggressive, nice, nasty facade? These were the same jokers who just a few verses earlier had attacked Jesus for healing a woman who had been, been, been over for 18 years and he healed this woman on the Sabbath and they got mad about it and Jesus looked at him and said, basically, duh, have you lost your mind? If you had a thirsty donkey or camel, wouldn't you release that donkey or camel and let him get water. He, he basically said, this is a daughter of Zion. She's been bent over for 18 years. I've got what she needs. Why should I wait one more day? I need to bring her her miracle right now. He saw through
through their facade. They were basically saying, we like you, Jesus. Run for your life. Get out of Dodge. Because they didn't want to deal with Jesus anymore. But let me tell you something. Jesus ain't going nowhere. So, so Jesus saw through their nice, nasty, passive-aggressive facade, and Jesus knew not only did Herod want him dead, these very jokers that he was in dialogue with wanted to skin him alive because Jesus cramped their style. He was the real deal. He was bona fide. He was legitimate. And Jesus knew that they had an ulterior motive and a hidden agenda. Look at me in the eyes and hear me, young person. Hear me, young lady. Watch out for people who have a hidden agenda. I'm finally at a day in my life where I don't need pretend friends. I need some real folk up in my life. Hallelujah. They basically said, Jesus, run for your life. Herod is going to get you. Now, let's discover who Herod was. Herod was the son of the great Herod who had conquered Egypt and had set his sights on the world. I've been to Israel many times. I'll be going again in late October, early November. If you'd like to go, maybe we can get a few more people in. But this will probably be my biggest trip ever that I've toured people in Israel. And Herod, the, that Herod, the Herod the Great, many of the things that he has built, they're still in place. This Herod the Great was a phenomenal builder. He was a phenomenal leader. He was a sick man with issues. And he was, he was very much of a, an ungodly man, but he was a, he was a phenomenal phenomenal builder and developer and he grew Israel by leaps and bounds but his sons they divided the kingdom up into fourth this Herod that Jesus is dealing with was not Herod the Great but Herod that is called Tetrarch and Tetrarch means the ruler of the fourth so so here's who this Herod was he ruled the region of the Galilee he would have ruled Nazareth where Jesus was raised and when Herod the Great had died this is what this young son grew up to be in charge of. And this was a pathetic, idol-worshiping adulterer. He stole his brother's wife. He had his brother killed. He also, this woman was not only his brother's wife, it was also another brother's daughter. So this, this man was sick, y'all. This man had issues. And this was the man who imprisoned John the Baptist, who was the forerunner of Jesus, the one who baptized Jesus. He was the cousin of Christ. Now let's talk a minute about John the Baptist. John the Baptist was a different cookie altogether. He, he might not have had enough polish to be your pastor. He might not have been smooth enough. Uh, he, he might have not been, 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 been uh, articulate enough for some of the churchified people that are in the world today. Jesus spoke about him though and Jesus said, never has there been and never will there be a greater prophet preacher than John the Baptist. See, some folk we reject and some folk we don't like, you better be careful. They might be heaven's voice right into your life and right into this situation. See, see, why did John think Jesus was so great? Well, first of all, let's talk about him. John had a different diet, y'all. He had different cravings. He, he ate wild locusts and honey. He wasn't eating. He didn't crave what everybody else craved. He didn't eat what everybody else ate. And, and if you and I are to be great in the eyes of the Lord, our cravings are going to have to change. We're not going to crave what the world craves. We're going to have a different spiritual diet. 
Y'all hang with me. I feel kind of like preaching this morning. See, see that the believer will have different cravings. The things that the world hates will be finger licking good to you. Come on, y'all. See, the Bible says that there was a man named Joseph after Jesus died. Joseph of Arimathea in Mark 15, 43. He was a prominent council member who himself was waiting on the kingdom of God, coming out and taking courage with the pilot and asked for the body of Jesus. One translation said he craved. The King James Version said he craved the body of Jesus. And crave, if you define that, it means an urgent need. See, when you really find fall in love with Jesus. When you really fall in love with God, you're going to crave the things of God. Uh, what is appalling and what the world doesn't like, you're going to love it. You're going to love time in his presence. You'll crave holiness. You'll begin to desire to be like the Lord. You'll crave righteousness. You'll crave worship. You'll crave the word. You have an urgent need. You have a craving for God's word. You have a craving for God's presence. You have a craving for God's will. You have a craving and a desire. You want him. You want to know him. You want to be around him. You want to be in his presence. That's why you came here after a week that was intense. Some of y'all got up in here. It would have been easy to stay in bed after the week you had, but you came to get your Sunday fix. Come on, somebody. I had to be in the house of the Lord today. I had to come into the presence of God today. I'm craving his presence. I, I, I don't have a choice. I got to worship. I got to praise. I got to attract his presence. I need the word of God. I need the preacher to preach to me. I need somebody to talk to me. Is there anybody here? You crave the things of God. You desire. Tell your neighbor, I got to be here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe it was optional for you, but I had to be in the house of the Lord this morning. My, my, my. You'll begin to crave God's will. You want to be in the middle of God's will no matter what. What did Jesus say in John 4, 34? Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of him who sent me. He said, I'm hungry. He said, I crave the will of God. Let me tell you, the older I get, the closer I get to God, the more I crave his will, the more I don't care what people think about me, the more I'm unconcerned about your update on Facebook that you didn't like my message. It don't bother me anymore. You know why? Because I've learned to crave the things of God. I've learned to to crave the will of God and Jehovah has the final say in my life. Psalms 34 8 said, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. I wonder if there's anybody who's tasted and you've seen that the Lord is good. If that's you, let's make a little noise in the house right now. Somebody say, Taste. He said, taste and see that the Lord is good. The word taste there in the Hebrew, it's a very powerful word. It means perceive that the Lord is good. Understand that the Lord is good. Know that the Lord is good. Taste and see. Crave him and you'll understand, you'll perceive, you'll know that the Lord is good. See, is there anybody here that you don't really care what other people say about the Lord because you've tried him for yourself and you understand, you perceive, and you know that the Lord is good, good, good. That you are here today and when it couldn't get any worse, when you were hanging on to heaven with hell on your back, did he not redeem you? Did he not bring you out of the miry clay? Has he not turned your situation, flipped the script, changed scenes, changed circumstances? Has he not moved for you time and time again? That's why you can't let just anybody influence your life and try to talk you out of the goodness of the Lord. 
How dare you right now? Give him praise if you believe that the Lord is. I'm not saying every situation is good. I'm not saying every day is good. I'm not saying every moment is good. I'm not saying every circumstance is good. But I'm saying the Lord is good. Now, now you began to crave. John, what made John so great was he craved. He had a different diet. He craved the things of God. But secondly, John looked a little different. Y'all, he was clothed in camel's hair. Somebody said a while back, you know, I, 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 I prayed at the BCU graduation and I prayed for President Grimes and, and the Grimes have been a part of my life and a part of our church for probably 17, 18 years. And I love them so much. And they said, Pastor, come and pray for the graduation. And that day I wore a robe, you know. And so I had my robe on, y'all. I was, I, was, I was looking like a preacher. Come on, y'all. I had my towel, my robe on. My robe had a cross right here. And there was, there was a lady who said, you know, I, I could come to his church if he wore that robe every day, but I need, I need a pastor that wears a robe. Let me tell you something. The robe don't make you saved. It don't make you a great preacher. What you see is what you get. I might wear a suit next Sunday and jeans the Sunday after that because I, it's not the outfit, it's the infit. Y'all make a little noise if you're tracking with your boy. I don't care what he's wearing. I care about what he's saying. You better preach the word to me. You better give me out of bondage. You better preach something that will set my life free. So, so he, ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. So he wore camel's hair. Somebody say camel's hair. Did you know, there's some things about camels that blew my mind. Did you know a camel can go for 11 days without drinking water? He can get so uh, hydrated that he can go 11 days between drinks of waters. In other words, camel would, uh, camels can get filled up with water and go to places where there is no water, where it's bone dry, and they'll not just survive, they'll thrive. They'll get so much, they'll, they'll, they'll drink at the river and get so much of that river inside of them. Hallelujah. I said, they'll get so much of that river inside of them. Doesn't the Bible say, out of your belly shall flow forth rivers of living water unto everlasting life. That, 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 that camel would get so filled with water, so filled with refreshing, so filled with the river that it could go to bone dry places and survive. Let me tell you, the river inside of you will give you the ability to make it through any dry season, any dry time, any dry place, any dry... Somebody give God praise for the river that's inside of you. Out of your belly. I saw something else so interesting about a camel. Not only can it survive for 11 days without another drink, camels can get so full that they'll regurgitate the water and spit it and spew it on those around them. Oh. Now I know what some of y'all are saying. Pastor just told me to leave church and go spit on folk. No, I never... Tell your neighbor, my pastor didn't say that. No, 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 that's not what I mean. What I mean is this. You should get so full 
of the river of God that is in this place that when you open your mouth in desert places at your job at school in your neighborhood over your family even at Walmart even at McDonald's even at Chick-fil-a there should be so much of God's river inside of you that not only do you survive in dry times you can refresh somebody around you how many of you want to get so full of the river that when you open your mouth, hope comes out? When you open your mouth, peace comes out. When you open your mouth, joy comes out. When you open your, God preaching better than you're letting on. When you open your mouth, victory comes out. When you open your mouth, breakthrough comes out. Somebody give God praise if that's what you want. Your belly. Hallelujah. Now. This is that John, John who craved different things, who, who wore camel's hair, but Herod arrested him. And the question is, why did this Herod, ruler of the fourth, why did he arrest John? See, see the truth is, remember Herod was married to a woman who really wasn't his wife, it was his brother's wife. Not only was, was she his sister-in-law, she is also his niece. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. You know you're sick when you marry your sister-in-law and your niece. Come on now. This is my wife, my sister-in-law, and my niece, and I'm my own grandpa. Come on, somebody. And John was so bold that he spoke up about it. And he's kind of, I kind of see him singing a special and saying, shame, shame, shame. Shame, shame, shame. Herod, you so nasty. Herod, you so nasty. Shame, shame, shame. You married your niece. You kill your brother. You nasty, Herod. You nasty, and you married to your sister-in-law, and you married to your niece, and you are your own grandpa. You so nasty, Herod. Come on. So Sister Herod heard about it, and she got mad. She started fussing about it. So you know when the wife gets mad, it can often motivate the husband. So... So Sister Herod made Brother Herod arrest John the Baptist. But the Bible gives insight that John would even preach down in prison and Herod would hear him and fall under conviction. I'm sure Herod thought when he heard John preaching, he said there's something about that John. When he speaks, I feel something. When he opens his mouth, there's something about him. See, if you live your life with certain convictions, not everybody will like you, but they'll have to respect you. See, I'm finally at a place in my life where I'm not trying to win a popularity contest. I don't want to stand up here and try to raise, I'm not trying to be popular, I'm trying to raise up overcomers. God didn't call me to be popular. He called me to be an overcomer. So that means I must speak what needs to be spoken. And here John is. He has convictions. And if you live your life with convictions, not everybody will like you, but they'll have to respect you. And I'm telling you, my brothers and my sisters, if we have ever needed believers to live their lives with convictions, we need that 
today. Come on, somebody. Listen, I've said it many times. God has not saved you to make you popular. He has saved you to make you an overcomer. Hallelujah. I wish they'd get, you, 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 you may be here today. You, 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 you may not be popular around certain people. They may look at you and say, I wish he'd get out of this city. I wish she wasn't on this job. I wish they would just get out of the way. But one thing I must admit, they do love Jesus. They can look at you and they may not like you, but they know that you're going to praise God every opportunity that you have. See, I would rather somebody say about me and my ministry in this church that, that, that they are the real deal, that they have conviction, that they believe what they say they believe, that they worship, that they praise, that they pray, that they preach, that they decree, that they declare, that they live what they say they talk about. I would rather them say that about me than me be popular. I would rather do that than have some puny, pathetic, pitiful, pitiful mooded, vanilla, non-flavorful, won't stand for nothing church. I want to have a church that knows what it is to get in the fray and fight for immigrants. I want a church that knows what it is to get in the fray and say, I don't care about your political motivation. I care about red, yellow, black, and white. I care about the cross of Jesus Christ and my motivation is the work and the word of the Lord. Is there anybody that wants to connect to the Dove's agenda? Glory be to God. And I'm going to preach the truth. I'm too old to change now. I'm 35 years old. Plus 30 minus 10. X equals. Come on, somebody. I'm too, I don't have time, y'all, not to preach the truth. Now, 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 here... Here's the reality. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The truth is, I don't have nothing to be embarrassed about if I preach the gospel. Tell your neighbor, don't be embarrassed. Now, 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 watch this. Isn't it funny? Let me just stop. Isn't it funny how the world don't mind being fall down drunk? They don't mind saying stupid things. They don't mind acting crazy at the club. But you come in here and worship the Lord with abandonment and they think you've lost your mind. They think you're crazy because you come to church at nine o'clock. How many of y'all know that's the best kind of crazy you can be? Can I get a witness here? Now remember Herod's party. This is how everything started happening. John has been arrested. Herod has a party. And this wicked woman who hated John, this is Herod's wife, his daughter came and danced. Now understand this, that this was a very travailing thing to have your daughter dance. No no Jew would have had his daughter on display like that. No Jew would have done that. But she came and did a seductive dance. And Herod was overcome and said, and said, I'll give you anything up to half my kingdom. And she ran to mom and she said, mama, what should we do? And this mom seized the opportunity and said, you asked for John the Baptist's head on a platter. And right in the middle of the, of the party, they brought John's head out on a platter with those bulging eyeballs and that mouth that had preached the gospel. And it was such an intense thing because Herod could not go back on his decree. And I'm convinced that that act of cruelty must have remained with Herod his entire life. Scripture reflects that Herod was tormented because of what he did. And I want to just say this for a side note. If you've ever felt God's conviction, if you've ever felt his power and anointing, and you deliberately do what is contrary to what is right, you will have no peace until you reconcile with God. 
See, see, I'm convinced that there were nights when Herod woke up in a cold sweat. I'm convinced there were nights that he couldn't sleep. I'm convinced there were nights where it just rolled in his heart. What have I done? In fact, the Bible said that when he heard of Jesus, see, a guilty conscience will get you every time. When he heard about Jesus and all that Jesus was doing, what did he say? He said, this is the reincarnation of John the Baptist. This is the ghost that has come back from the tomb and he's coming back after me. That's who Jesus is. Isn't it something that this big and mighty king who had had his disposal armies and, and chariots and a personal guard, he's shaking in his boots because he thinks that John had risen from the dead. He didn't understand that John had not risen from the dead, but the one he was getting ready to touch would have power over death, hell, and the grave. This was not John. This was a greater than John. The Bible said that a greater than Elijah, a greater than Moses, the greatest one of all. There's nobody greater than Jesus. Jesus was among him. The Bible, the Bible says that the Pharisees came to Jesus and said, get out of town. You got to go. Herod's after you. Now, now understand, understand. I want to stop right here and preach a minute and tell you that what others say about you, what others say is going to happen to you is irrelevant because they don't have the final word over your life. And let me tell you this, you're not ready for advancement if you're not ready to be talked about. I've been in this long enough to know that the people who know me the least talk about me the most. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're letting on. Here this man is. He, Jesus is facing these Pharisees. And, and they are coming against him. But, but Jesus was determined that he was not going to be affected by their passive-aggressive, nice, nasty way. Get out of town, Jesus. But Jesus looked straight at them and gave them a message for Herod. They said, you better get out of town, Jesus. You better run, Jesus. He's coming after you, Jesus. He wants you dead but Jesus looked at them and gave them a message not only for Herod but also for them. Jesus said, you go tell that fox. Now we think of the day we call somebody a fox. We think it's a compliment, but not in those days. See, see, fox, foxes were unclean animals. They were, they were basically a varmint. They, they were basically, they were basically something to be despised. They were unclean. And Jesus said, you go tell that varmint. You go tell that fox. You go tell, I got a message for you and I got a message for the fox. You go tell that fox. Push your neighbor and say, talk to the fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, there, there are some characteristics about the fox. Number one, foxes are crafty and sly. Number two, foxes are deceitful. See, the devil is crafty, y'all. He's sly. He's deceitful. He wants to deceive you. He wants to make you think that he's got power over your destiny that he's got power over your purpose. He wants to deceive you into believing that you can't fulfill what God has called you to fulfill. Foxes, watch this, they live in dark holes. Preach, Pastor Rayleigh. They operate from dark places. Come on, somebody. And I'm telling you, anybody that would try to tell you that your children are not going to be saved, that your family can't be restored, that your marriage can't be put back together, that your body can't be healed, that your victory cannot come, that that addiction cannot be broken, they're speaking from a 
dark place. But I come to tell you that we are not called to be receiving direction from the dark place, but there is power from on high that can direct us and lead us and guide us. Come on, somebody. How many of you would say, talk to me, Holy Ghost? See, see, foxes are nocturnal. They do their main destruction at night. And here's something that's amazing to me. A fox, bring it up in the back, a fox does his most destructive uh, work when you're asleep. And let me tell you what the fox wants to do. He wants to attack you while you're asleep. He wants to attack you when you're asleep to the things of God, asleep to the power of Jesus. But let me tell you, push your neighbor and say, I'm woke. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm woke. I know who I am. I know who's on my side. I know that the Lord is for me. I know, I know, I know, I know that the blood still has power. I know that there's still a name that is above every name. I know that my steps are ordered of the Lord. I know I wish somebody who knows who you are give God a praise right now hallelujah hey I feel the Holy Ghost I feel the Spirit of the Lord in this place tell your neighbor say talk to the fox yeah 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 Jesus said you go tell that varmint you go tell that crafty, deceitful, lying fox. You tell that varmint. You tell that little weasel who thinks he can stop me. You tell that little weasel who thinks he can block me. You tell that little weasel who thinks he can stop me from accomplishing my mission. He said, you tell that fox something for me. Will you do it? He said, you give that fox a message for me. Will you do it? You tell him I'm healing today. The blind are opening their eyes and seeing today. That The deaf are hearing today. The lame are walking today. Devils are being cast out today. The dead are being raised today. He said, I'll be delivering today and I'll be doing it tomorrow. I'll be healing tomorrow. I'll be breaking people through tomorrow. The lame gonna be walking tomorrow. The blind gonna be seeing tomorrow. I Tell your neighbor, say, I'm blessed today and I'm gonna be blessed tomorrow. I'm saved today, I'm gonna be saved tomorrow. I got victory today, I'm gonna have victory tomorrow. I need somebody right now. Give God a praise if you're tracking with me. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, talk to the fox. Jesus said, tell that fox. If he thinks he's gonna kill me, he lost his mind. Jesus said, talk to the fox and tell that fox if he thinks he's gonna stop me. He's lost his mind. He won't do to this head what he did to the head of John the Baptist. If he thinks he's gonna get me off track, tell him it don't matter how many armies he's got, how many soldiers he's got, how many brigades he's got, I'm in charge around here. He said, get on your feet right now and tell your neighbor, say neighbor, God is in charge around here. Jesus said you tell that fox, tell that fox, I'm in charge around here. I'm not going out like that. No man takes my life. 
I'm gonna lay it down. And if I lay it down, I'll pick it up again. Talk to the fox. Tell that fox, I'm the one who made the hole that he lives in. I'm the one that made the food that he eats. I was in charge yesterday. I'm gonna be in charge today. And I'm in charge tomorrow. Get your neighbor by the hand and say neighbor. Say neighbor, it's time to talk to the fox. Hey, look at somebody behind you and say it's time. Say it's time to talk to the fox. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is there anybody in the nine o'clock service? You're ready to talk to the fox. Make a little noise in the room. Talk to the fox. Talk to the fox. Talk to the fox. Talk to the fox. Tell that devil, tell that weasel, I belong to Jesus. He sold me. He bought me. He redeemed me. He restored me. He changed me. Talk to the fox. The fox tries to talk to you. Won't he do it? The fox will tell you you're lost in darkness, but you need to talk to the fox and say, Fox, you better listen. The Lord is the light of my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? The fox will tell you you're depressed and defeated, but you need to talk to the fox and say the joy the joy of the Lord is my strength the fox will tell you your children will be lost but talk to the fox and say as for me and my house we will we will we will we will serve the Lord the fox said you're alone you need to say fox he'll never leave me or forsake me when the fox says God don't love you anymore say fox he's the same yesterday today and forever the fox said you'll never be blessed you say fox listen Blessed is he who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in that law, he meditates day and night. And whatever he does, whatever he does, whatever he does, it shall prosper high five somebody say talk to the fox when the fox says you're defeated you need to say no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper 
Let the devil know, devil, you don't hold me, you don't mow me. You can't defeat me, you can't have my marriage, you can't have my children, you can't have my health. Touch six people and say, talk to the fox. No, you didn't do it. Testify and tell somebody, talk to the fox. Talk to the fox. Tell that fox you can't have my son. Tell that fox you can't have my joy. Tell that fox you can't have my anointing. Can't have my peace. Come on, take a 30 second praise break. One, two, three, give him praise. I'm gonna let you dance on the devil's head. Come on, somebody. I dare you just to dance. you're tired of the devil, give the Lord a praise. If you're sick of hell, give God a praise. If you're tired of the darkening in your life, trying to have the final word, give God a praise right now. Hey, tell somebody again, say, talk to the fox. Don't talk about him, talk to him. Hey. Talk to the fox. Jesus said, you talk to that fox. You tell that little varmint. You tell that little weasel. You tell that little joker. Married. To his sister-in-law and his niece. Nasty. You tell him, I was here today, I was here yesterday, and I'm going to be here the next day. See, some of you here today, God brought me here to tell you that it is time to talk to the fathers concerning all of your issues. Your purpose and your destiny will not be aborted. It will not be stopped. I want you to raise your hands right now if you've heard what I've said. And I want you to learn that you've got to talk to the fox. I, I break the spirit of quitting off of you right now. I break the spirit of giving up off of you right now. I talk to the fox that has been coming against you. Maybe you hadn't talked to him, but I'll talk to him for you right now. I break every spirit of quitting off of you, every spirit of desperation, every spirit of doubt, every spirit of fear. I break it off of you right now. I talk to the fox and I say, devil, their money will not dry up. I declare their body will not stay sick. I declare their children will not stay lost, even if things aren't going their way in this season. I talk to the fox and I tell you, devil, I bind you in the name of Jesus. See, here's the truth. Put your hands down for a moment. Here I feel the anointing in here right now. See, this was one 
of Satan's last attacks to try to stop Jesus from going to his destiny. Some of y'all are in a time right now where the battle is about to be over because you have made up in your mind, I'm going to finish this thing and I'm going to trust the Lord. Is there anybody here that's made up in your mind, no matter what comes, God, I'm going to trust you. And you have the final say. I believe Jesus looked at those Pharisees and he said, I've come too far to turn back now. I've come too far to quit now. Look at your neighbor. Just say, neighbor, I've come too far to quit now. Can I get a witness in here? Can I get a witness? Come too far to give up now. Come too far to get sidetracked now. Too much in my horizon, too much in my future. Come too far to turn back now. Hey. In essence, look now, trying to close. Jesus said, watch now, watch. Jesus was saying to him, he only thinks he had trouble with John. Wait till he finds out what I can do. He's underestimating me. Uh, he doesn't understand the fullness of my purpose and it's going to be victorious. I've come to tell you there are those that have underestimated you. They don't know. How great your purpose is Jesus said wait till I die on that cross wait till I raise again on the third day wait till I'm perfected see I came today I I was on pins and needles I wanted to preach so bad come on y'all I went on that trip to El Salvador because y'all know your pastor is about people you know that and I went to see for myself, but it had me up. I could force something in the morning. And I got in like around one o'clock that night. I was a tired joker. You know, <laughs> all that travel is hard on old folk. At least that's what Pastor Troy says. Come on, y'all. But I was so prepared and so ready, even tired. I could not wait for this moment because I feel like there are some of you it is time for you to talk to the fox. With every head and every bowed and every eye closed, if you're here and you'd say, Pastor, you preached. You preached to me. Pastor, I, I need to talk to the fox. I, I need this in my life. I need to know that the fox doesn't have the final say-so. I need to talk to the fox. I need victory and breakthrough. If that's you, slip up a hand right now. Slip up a hand. I, I need to talk to the fox about some issues. Hold that hand up. If you're needing a breakthrough right now, if you need a breakthrough, hold your hand up right now. If you need a breakthrough, any kind of breakthrough, 
Hold your hand up right now. I bind every attack of the enemy that has come against you that has tried to convince you. I see hands in every section. I break I break, I break the influence of the enemy that has been whispering in your ear and tried to convince you that God is not for you. I've come to tell you today, I talked to that fox and I tell you this week, talk to the fox about your children. Talk to the fox. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. Talk to the fox. I decree and declare that you are breaking through in the next season. I declare in the name of Jesus that the fullness of God's plan is going to manifest in your life. Now, if you received every word... <laughs> that I preach today and you claim it as your own. One, two, three, make a little noise in the room right now. Come on and make a little noise in the room right now. Come on and let the shout under the Lord right now. If you would like to be part of what God is doing here at Calvary, you can give online at calvaryfl.com or you can use our app. We hope this message encouraged you to experience the Spirit, embrace the lost, and live the life. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you soon.